Today we come to the end of a six-month journey through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I have loved it. I know many of you have too. We have got there. Six months. I don't think I've ever spoken six months about anything. Uh, But it reminds me of what my old New Testament and preaching professor at Regent College used to say. Daryl Johnson said he wasn't opposed to topical series at church, but his basic premise was that if we preach through the books of the Bible, all of the topics that Christians need to think about will come up. Isn't that true? You don't need to do the top 10 topics of Christians that are hot right now. Just preach the word of God. And, And God contextually, and hopefully we do it faithfully, but everything we need to know will come up. Beth Waits is here. Mark Ratnam. Uh, sorry, I've got to stop that, do I? I'm so excited to, to do this. Uh, Evie's here. I know Evie's here. She's just there. Hi, Evie. Um, okay, Greg Steininger. Hi, Greg and family. MJ. And oh, Anya's here. Hi, Anya. Lovely to see you. All right. So we've covered a lot. The big theme of Ephesians was... Can anyone tell me what the big theme of Ephesians was? You can write it in the comments and you win a 10-minute opportunity to be inside the church during lockdown. No, that's probably not allowed. (laughs) So you don't don't win anything. Um, (laughs) All right, the big theme was Paul tells the gospel story and how it should reshape every part of our story. So three chapters of sharing the glorious riches that we have found in Christ. Forgiveness and grace, um, undeserved forgiveness. And then this pivot in chapter 4 where Paul says, Therefore live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And then he's given us, kind of, I guess, the second half of this series was these glorious instructions on Christian living. How then shall we live? Um, Put away the old self, put on the new righteous self that emerges, that affects our values and relationships and truthful speech. And then, you know, those those four weeks we did where those key relationships were looked at, you know, marriage and parenting and in the workplace, all get reshaped by the gospel to become about serving others, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So isn't that cool? We come out of the darkness and we live in the light. And then knowing we are in a spiritual battle, we put on the armour of God. So it's been a wild ride. I remember when Luke Wilson, uh, I told him we were doing Ephesians. He said, oh, that'll be cool. So we're going to do like three or four weeks. (laughs) Not quite. We could have stayed longer. We could have stayed longer, to be honest. But hopefully you can see how relevant all of Scripture is to our lives and how how helpful going through a letter like Ephesians can be. And I hope it's given you a a deeper passion for the Bible. Hope you are more in love with Jesus than ever and God's great revelation of his glory. All right, so how does Paul finish his letter? How does Paul, the great apostle, the one who was the persecutor of Christians who encounters the risen Jesus, becomes the apostle and sent one to the Gentiles. How does he conclude this remarkable letter to the great city of Ephesus and the church that had formed there? 
It's been deeply theological, deeply practical, but I find it so interesting that he finishes it with great pastoral care. And it shows how deep his love is for the church. Um, he, he loves the church. <laughs> I hope you love the church. He loves the church in all of its flaws, all of its weakness, in all of its brilliance. And he sends his care to it. How does he do that? He sends them Tychicus, a dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord to encourage them. And he blesses them with a farewell of peace and love and faith and grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's have a look. Ephesians 6, 21 to 24. This is how Paul concludes his letter to the church in Ephesus. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. <laughs> it just drips off the pages, doesn't it? That he loves this church. He'd spent two years seeing it get formed and established as he preached first in the synagogue and then in the lecture hall. And, you know, that great moment in the book of Acts in chapter 19 where it says, all in the region heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he just loves the church that has been established. Yeah, yeah the other day I, did, I received a message from one of the dads out of the blue. Uh, nothing overly deep or profound. You know, us men aren't always as good at expressing our feelings and emotions, but we need to get better at it. But among other things, he just said how much we all love you, Tim, and that you're doing an amazing job. Isn't that nice? That Victoria's given me an awe. Um, you know, that was incredibly encouraging. The Lord used it to strengthen my soul and to lift my spirits. You know, it's not that I have huge discouragements, but we tend, don't we, to take on board criticisms or self-judgments much more than we do encouragements. So in order to keep the faith, to stay buoyant, to stay moving forward, we need to be lifted up regularly. Now, undoubtedly, this is a very challenging time. For us all, but particularly, I think, for those who are isolated or have taken some hits during this lockdown. There was an article in the Sydney Morning Herald this week entitled, If you're feeling low, you're not alone. Distress at record high during lockdown. It's stated that in normal times, around 5% of Australians typically report moderate to severe symptoms of depression. And the article said... Their research has found that in lockdown, that increases fivefold. So a quarter of the Australian population experiencing depression and anxiety. And the article said, to the point where one in five people had had at least the occasional thought in the previous two weeks that they would be better off dead. So these are incredibly challenging times. I don't want to minimise that. Um, that, that. That speaks into just how difficult people are finding 
this season. So as we look through scripture, we see in passage after passage how vital encouragement is as an expression of love and an expression of God's heart for people. I like what one author said. He says, encouragement is like oxygen in the life of a church. It keeps hearts beating, minds clear, and hands inspired to serve. You know, without oxygen, we die. Without encouragement, I think faith can also die. So because encouragement is so important to the church, God actually commands that we do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says, encourage one another, build each other up. In Romans 12, I find it so fascinating that encouragement is listed in the gifts that are given to the body of Christ. There is a huge role for encouragement in the church. So just a couple of things on this passage before we get into the general topic of being an encouragement to each other. So Paul, as he concludes the letter, sends his dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, Tychicus, to keep them posted on how he is doing and to encourage them. Now I assume Tychicus's role was to deliver the letter and then to stay on and just to keep building them up in the faith. Clearly, this is someone that Paul deeply cares about and trusts and who is known for having a gift of encouragement. And and I'm sure Tychicus would have been encouraged by the words that Paul used to describe him. First, he's described as beloved. In the New Testament, it's translated as dear, but the Greek word agapetos is more clearly translated as beloved. And agapetos, you can see, has that well-known Christian word in it for love, agape, which signifies a sacrificial, servant-hearted kind of love. So Tychicus is beloved, and this signifies the kind of heart that he had for serving others and God. Interestingly, it's the same word that God uses at Jesus' baptism when he says, This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. So Tychicus is sent as an encouragement to the church in Ephesus because of his affinity with Paul and shared heart. He is beloved by Paul. Next, he's described as a brother, which in the Greek word is a delphos, which means coming from the same womb. <laughs> now, that's not literal. This wasn't Paul's twin brother. <laughs> but don't we know through the scriptures? That when you become a Christian, you get born again into new life in God's family. You know, Katie's my sister. You know, well, Victoria's my wife, but she's okay, that's getting complicated. But Evie is my sister. You know, who was the last person to comment? Beck Thwaites, you are my sister. Vivian Nagundu, you are my sister. Because we are now all born again and adopted into the family of God. And really, in the same way that you would drop anything for a family member who is in need, so is the relationship for those of the same faith in Christ. That is how close Christians are now. We have become brothers and sisters. Next, he is described as faithful. 
And this is the Greek word pistos, which means trustworthy, dependable, reliable. From the same Greek word, we get our word fidelity. So Tychicus was a man who, when he pledged to do something, carried it out. He could be relied upon to be faithful to his calling and task. And Paul sees this in his brother and he calls it out. And, and that's part of what encouragement does. It sees things and it calls it out. And so he declares him to be a beloved brother, faithful. And finally, he is called a servant. The Greek word is diakonos. Uh, it's always interesting to me that leaders in the early church were called servants. They weren't called lords or masters or chief operating officers. <laughs> they had taken Jesus' teaching that the greatest amongst you will be your servant seriously. So just as Jesus said he came not to be served but to serve, so Tychicus was called by Paul a servant, one who took the lowly position required by Christ to actually become a leader. No wonder Paul trusts him to encourage the church in Ephesus. He is a beloved brother and faithful servant, and as such, he is entrusted by Paul to bring news of how he is doing from prison and to encourage the believers. So, we are told part of his mission is to encourage. Now, the word for encouragement is parakaleo, which literally means to come alongside. To come alongside. And when we are hurting, when we are distracted or anxious, what we so often need is someone to come alongside us and to comfort us. We don't need someone to look down on us and to tell us what to do. What we need is someone to come alongside us so that we can be lifted back up. And what does that look like? Because surely it means more than just giving compliments. And I think at the heart of encouragement is lifting people's hearts and minds to the Lord. You know, it's lovely to be told that your hair looks nice. I don't know what the equivalent is for me. My head looks very shiny today. You know, compliments are nice. But what we really need is to be reminded of who we are in our faith and to be called on in our identity in Christ. The reality is I think this is universally one of the most difficult periods that I have seen broadly for people in the church to face. And we are reminded of the power of being in community, of being known and knowing people. You cannot follow Christ alone. You, I, I, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. Maybe you can prove me wrong. But in this broken world, it is so easy to feel discouraged in normal times. But in lockdown, how easy is it to maybe feel unloved or unimportant or under attack? And so God knows. His people need community and they need grace-filled reminders to stand firm and keep going in the faith. So what can we do if we want to give Christian encouragement? Let me suggest three quick things and then we're going to do a final challenge where we pick up our phones and we're actually going to send some encouragements to one another. So get ready for that. No laziness, no disengagement. We're going to do it this morning. Firstly, make encouragement a daily discipline. 
Sadly, we often take it, make it, find it so much easier just to live in self-pity or gossip or slander a person. And yet what we need to do is to get in the habit of being encouragers. Ben Vozo, my head is not polished like a bowling ball. All right, moving. That's not an encouragement. <laughs> I love you, Ben. That's awesome. Um, could you, on a daily basis, send someone a note or a text or a card or make a call that comes alongside someone and lifts them up? Why not get in the habit of intentionally spurring someone on in Christ daily? Daily. All right, secondly, can I encourage you, use scripture and gifts of the spirit to be specific in what you say. As nice as it is to know that your head looks like a bowling ball, how much better to have scripture or words of knowledge that the Lord gives you to reach out to someone with. You know, nothing encourages like God's word. So find and share the riches of God's grace with others. Mind the Psalms. And the New Testament for Bible passages that will lift people's spirits. Ask the Lord for verses or a word from God to encourage someone with. Isaiah 40, 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. <laughs> Be nice to be said that. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, verse 4-5 to and 8. I sought the Lord. He answered me, delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Oh, taste and see for the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The scriptures are there to encourage guys. Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. You know, that's the promises of scripture. And we need those encouragements in our lives. Alright, thirdly, yes Jenny Bradbury, I will post those Bible verses on the thread. Um, thirdly, let's be committed as a church to creating a culture of encouragement in our community. You know, one of the greatest gifts for me as a pastor is seeing all of you in action. One of the ladies who was who here, here in our church, she was just telling me this week that there is no comparison for her between the last lockdown and this one. Why? Because she said last lockdown she was isolated, discouraged and anxious. And then at the end of last year she joined the Manly Life Church community. And now she has people to go on walks with, to share encouragements with, church services to engage in. There's no difference between the two lockdowns. So let's finish with this. 
Let's finish with this. Whatever you are doing right now, let me grab you, encourage you to grab your phone and who can you text and encourage right now? It doesn't need to be me. Think that's very kind. But think of someone other than me. I get lots of encouragement. Greg Beach texted me this morning and encouraged me. That's the kind of elders that we have at this church. Grab your phone. Let's do this texting. Let's do this right now. Who has blessed you recently that you can thank? Who's blessed you recently that you can thank? Send them a text. Uh, you know, I know Beck Thwaites was out delivering um, brownies to some people in the church yesterday. What a, what a legend. She's, she was four and a half hours on the road. You know, who, who's blessed you recently that you can thank? Who do you know who might be feeling isolated or discouraged? What could you send them right now? Maybe someone who's just, you're just aware that this might be a, a, a difficult time for. Who could you text right now and encourage them? Maybe just one final one. Who do you know who you can call something out in them that you have noticed? Maybe it's their generosity or their hospitality. Maybe it's their courage or their perseverance in difficult times. Who do you know who you can just call something out in them? Like like, like Tychicus, he lost his name. Tychicus, you know, called out by Paul as a beloved brother and faithful servant. I bet that encouraged him. Who can you call out a blessing in right now? Why don't we just grab our phones and do that? Text away, bless away, encourage away. Let's get that culture permeating, saturating through our church. Lifting each other up, up, up. The word for encouragement means to come alongside. Who can you come alongside during this lockdown? Amen.